Imagine a stock exchange that traded futures and advertising instead of stocks. While with smart contracts and advertising technologies, the ad world is evolving. Transparency and magical internet money. money. It shows the supply chain of blockchain goodness. And today we welcome Richard Bush of NIAX to the show to discuss how their tools help publishers and advertisers negotiate, secure, and manage their ad campaigns with transparency and confidence. We've also got some EOS voice news, but that's a different podcast, don't you know? So welcome to our Blockchain CMO edition, episode number 365 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Mr. Travis Wright, there's 365 days in a year, but 366 this year. So what do you think of this being episode 365? Wow, that's so deep. I didn't realize we were going to go so existential right from the get-go, but I like it. I like your style, Mr. Joker. It's going to be a leapy year. There's there's an extra day. It is. This gives everybody an extra day to pay their pay their mortgage or their rent at the end of uh, February. So like, Does that mean Tax Freedom Day comes a day earlier? Uh, a day later. Well, day day freedom. What's the freedom date? Freedom is the day that you, if you total up the amount of tax you pay, uh-huh. that okay, as of today, every dollar's mine. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you, Travis Wright. Congratulations, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl winners. Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Wow, that was unbelievable. You know, um, I. I just, you know, it's one of those things. I went to those two playoff games, and they were the most amazing things. We were down by 24 and came back to win. And then in the AFC Championship game, we were down 10 to nothing. And then we were down 17 to 7. We were down 10 points, came back to win. But we were down, you know, 10 points. It was 20 to 10. And then they threw an interception and gave them back the ball. We're already down. It was like, oh, man. Like everybody – the, the, they're celebrating on the sidelines of San Francisco. Man. Kansas City is like, oh, oh, oh my God. where's our boy? And then they scored 21 points in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most, I was like, wow, they made us wait today. That was, that was just so nerve wracking. I don't know. And the thing is now it's like, it's cool because like, you know, I saw the Jayhawks win. Uh, you know, college basketball in 1988, that was, and I saw the Royals win it in 85. The Royals win it again. My kids got to see it. You know what I mean? My kids got to see the Jayhawks win in 2008, and they got to see the Royals win in 2015. And now we've all got to see the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. So I literally have, like, no more sports, you know, sports ball things, that, any more sports ball goals. Well, I mean, maybe you can add like professional ping pong mm-hmm. to uh, to your list of sports. Yeah. Somewhere there's got to be a Kansas City That's ping true. pong team. You know, I wish I played more tennis because tennis is a fun thing. But like, like nobody that I know really likes to play tennis. So you almost got to like get a tennis club or something if you want to play tennis. Well, congratulations to all the Chiefs fans. And, uh, you know, with Mahomes, you, you just might do it again next year. Or the year after that, because he's just getting started. Just getting started, and this web episode is just, this webisode. This episode is just getting started. First of all, I want to give a big sh- holster, holster that webisode. Yeah, webisode, and uh, we want to thank Divi. So Divi is currently taking early signups for a new digital finance ecosystem that's going to offer debit cards for your cryptos, instant bank accounts, and fiat to crypto on and off ramps right in the wallet. 
And uh, this is great, you know, helping uh, bank the unbankable. I love this. And so if you want to uh, to be first in line to get your hands on these services, head over to wallet.divivproject.org and enter your email and get started. Absolutely. And before we get to our main interview today, which you guys are going to love, this is a special blockchain CMO segment with Mr. Travis Wright and Donnie Devoren from Never Stop Marketing. I just want to give a shout out to your show because uh, you started a podcast for Kansas City sports fans. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. You know, well, it was just a couple games into the season. And uh, I was just thinking like, wow, this would be fun just to sort of document some of this. This could be a historic year. And so my buddy Mozero, I've known for 25 plus years. He's a he does comedy locally. I've known him for a long time. And um, I was like, man, he knows sports like crazy. Like it'd be fun to just sit around and hang out and, and talk sports with Moser. And so we did that. And so we actually have done 10 episodes, and we're going to do our 11th, I guess, sometime this week because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you you got a little bit to talk about, and uh, and I've got a show I'm working on too. But we'll tell you about that after our interview here with Richard Bush of Nyax. All right, welcome. We have another wonderful blockchain CMO segment for you guys, where we discuss and talk about all the cool things that are happening in blockchain. You know, blockchain is not just financial industry, obviously, that's disrupting. It's really doing a lot in the advertising space. It's really helping create some transparency. And so uh, I, I am with the one and only Donnie DeVoren. Donnie, he's the G, what are you, the GM, GM of, Never- of Never Stop Marketing and head of sales over at Brave and excited to do another episode with you, Travis. Very exciting. Great stuff. And with us today, we have a really cool guy with us today. We have Richard Bush. He is the president at NIAX, but he's done some really interesting things. He's worked in the advertising space and done a lot of project and uh, product management, some marketing technology and consulting. Actually, even way back in the day, he was, uh, looks like a, D- a founder and a DJ. I worked with a bunch of DJs creating some techno and music. So the, the theme music for this podcast, oomps, oomps, oomps. welcome oomps, oomps, to, the, <laughs> to the blockchain CMO. Richard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Travis. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Thanks, Donnie, as well. Cheers for having. Cheers for, for getting us connected. Yeah, Great stuff. So, 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 give us a little. Give us a little lowdown. Like, like, who is who is Richard Bush? You know what? What's the story? How? What's your internet journey been like? And then, how did you maybe enter this whole blockchain ad world that we're that we're in now? So yeah, I, my, my story is back in the day writing in DOS. So a lot of financial systems for Citibank, really early days as a consultant, and then moved into ad technologies in the UK and worked for a publisher where I was, you know, coding banners directly on websites before there was ad delivery systems. Like nice. And then then I, you know, went to a couple of companies that basically built ad delivery software, like AdTech and a company called IPM Web, and I ran various different divisions inside product and engineering. a lot of client facing some product staff and managed the businesses over iPhone web for a number of years. And that, that was what those companies built a lot of the initial ad delivery systems and then the RTB systems. I moved over to NIAX uh, three years ago now where I was uh, head of product or run product and technology. And then I became president about a year and a half ago. And I also co-chaired a blockchain working group inside the IEB, which is the internet advertising bureau, the, the standards body, if you like, for the industry. So I've been, and my, you know, so I've had, as like you said, I've had a lot of uh, technology, ad delivery technology and media and marketing technology experience over the years. 
but more, you know, more recently, last five or so years, I've been in- interested on a very personal level with blockchain. Saw what was coming along when Ethereum mm-hmm. came out, mm-hmm. and realized the power of that um, as a kind of foundational web technology, and um, got very interested personally. And then when Nyx came along, it was quite clear with their relationship with Nasdaq that there was an opportunity to kind of bring blockchain into media and advertising back in 17 when we first announced our relationship with them. And that's what that's been my career. And I'm here now, right? So that's you know three years in, you know, building Nyax. It's been you know wild ride with start starting being the first to launch on the Nasdaq in the cloud in there with then the Nasdaq Financial Framework, which is our partner inside Nyax. And um, and then we obviously we announced our, our, our utilization of the the chain.com uh, infrastructure that Nasdaq had partnered with, which is now uh, um, Interstellar. Uh, I think it was acquired by Stella from Chain.com, and we've actually moved across to Hyperledger. We can go into that a bit later, but we, you know, we've had a lot of very real-world experience with uh, with blockchains in in our in our market in Nasda- in Nyx's marketplace. So um, happy to give you a background on that, on Nyx too, if that's helpful uh, in a moment. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. So, so take us back to 2017. So you're in the you know ad tech world. You're you're you know come from technology side from the CTO. And you said Ethereum was the first um, kind of you know crypto-related uh, blockchain that you saw. What what was it about, or when was what was your aha moment where you're like, oh my god, this technology has implications for advertising? Because back in like 16 and early 17, nobody was talking about blockchain for advertising. Yeah, so I think um, so. It was around so it was around 13 when I came across Ethereum, uh, or at least at least the idea that you could program a you could you could put a a program of some kind of, you know, if then else actions, some, some, some simple actions taken because something had happened, right, into this technology, right? So into like kind of with the, with the, crypto, with the cryptographic capabilities it has, with the decentralized nature, with this kind of peer-to-peer direct nature of the technology, I realized that there was something very foundational about that. So, so I so I learned something from one of my previous CTOs, which was quite you know in the ad delivery world that there's really with an HTTP request, there's really just you know you're just making a request and a response. Like if that's all it is, right? It just happens to be lots of variables around that, right? And then realizing that you could also program on top of that um, was kind of a foundational thing for me. Um, and you know, and then as I dug a bit deeper, I saw that kind of realization that there was a, that you could what you could do with that was create value exchange, and you could build trust, and you could do, there's a bunch of things you could do with it, which you know, kind of was that aha moment of realizing it's actually just a more secure and a, and a, and a more peer to peer version of what we've already had. And having seen a lot of the problems in media and advertising that we've been creating over the years, right, where you needed a you needed a centralized player to, to to kind of do these things on your behalf because you didn't have the tools for that. Was was the kind of the aha moment for me, you know? And I, you know, when you, when I, the company I was at, at the time was was I was Ipon Web, and we built, you know, more than a hundred different real time solutions from the stack we had, right? So I kind of like that. My 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 thought process was like, okay, this is another tool for, to do that, right? And so that, I, I have that was the question, but that was kind of the aha moment for me, and it was very personal. It was before I became part of Nyx. It was back in I guess fifteen. That's great timing. I mean, I know Ethereum. The idea for Ethereum began growing in the fall of 2013 back when vitalik was like 19 (laughs) like i mean seriously like what a what a visionary that that kid has turned out to be you know what i mean and his dad his dad is brilliant as well like we've had some conversations with with his dad he's not been on the show 
but we've had some conversations with him and just a really sharp dude. And then those first five that joined Ethereum, you know, with uh, Charles Hoskinson, who went on to create Cardano and then all these other folks that have been part of it. And then Joseph Lubin, those guys joined in there in early 2014. Crazy to watch how, how that thing is, how, how that thing has grown and, and the hash rate over time. Yeah. So, I mean, Ethereum, it, it, programmable smart contracts are interesting. And that that really sort of shapes, you know, in my mind, Web 3.0, right? So blockchain is an interesting, you know, it was a very, very huge thing. But then the smart contracts to be able to program money based on if then and all of these things, it really eliminates a lot of third parties that need to validate things because it's, it's, it's built into the code. So maybe maybe share you know your perspective on smart contracts yeah. within advertising and why those are so important and how blockchain is so impactful within advertising. So I, I, I absolutely and I think it's helpful to kind of get the context about NIAX here because because we, we 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 see kind of a few things happening here, right? So so NIAX is you know we're partnering with Nasdaq. We're an upfront media marketplace for the the buying, selling, and retrading of of media contracts, right? So. We're focused on an area of the business that has typically not been automated, right? So the real-time bidding world is very much focused on on trading at runtime when a consumer is transiting the web, right? And we're, we're, what we're doing is we're focused on trading of media companies. So we can basically do upfronts every day. So you can do a deal, a kind of PMP deal, which is a private marketplace deal or an automated guarantee deal. So almost all of the deal types, apart from open market deal types, we can trade on NIACs. And the focus there is to automate that part of the process, which is yet to be automated, right? So when you talk about smart contracts, right, why is that relevant for us? What we're doing today is we're bringing on board the platform, all of the deal terms and everything that goes into a, a legal contract that you would write on paper typically today or, or some kind of PDF. We're bringing them on the platform so that we can bring those and automate, self-effectuate those down the stream with blockchains and with smart contracts. So that's like, that's why that's the field of that's the field of vision that we have as a company. And it, you know, we see smart contracts kind of in two lights, right? There's the very technical side of a smart contract where you where you look at solidity and a lot of the programming languages that exist on these on blockchain and the kind of protocol level blockchains, right? And then we also we're thinking as NIACs of how you take the legal aspects of a smart legal contract and bring them into that world because they're two separate worlds, right? And there's some things you you can actually automate, and some things you can't legally, right? Um, in a contract. So so I just wanted to draw that distinction, you know. Um, and, and so we've been very practical about how we bring or how we bring forward the legal parts of a of a contract between two parties on our exchange versus the things that you can ultimately check have happened and actually set off an automated process, which is really the technical side of the languages that exist, existed. You know, so our implementation is actually very simple today, right? So I don't want to, you know, I want to give you a kind of a, kind of a, a this is a, the uses in media and advertising. I think we are really using the ledger as our core capability today. And, you know, we did that because we recognized we needed data in the right format. We needed experience with the ledgers and we needed to be able to interoperate with different blockchains so that we could get to the point where the legal side of it can actually come and be self-effectuated. Because you look at the, if you look at the media and advertising world, what's happened is programmatic, which is essentially real-time bidding. Programmatic is supposed to mean automation, but as a whole, there's a large part of the industry which has not been automated. And that's the stuff that, you know, where buyer and seller are negotiating, where buyer and seller are, you know, 
penny putting ink to ink, you know, ink to paper to, to form a deal. That hasn't a lot, of, a lot of manual processes out there yeah. still. Exactly, and I think you know that I'm, we're being very real as a company about how far you can go down that path with this technology, right? Because we're still learning what the basic rules of a smart contract can be. And you, as you look at the ones, if you look at the kind of crypto world, the contracts are relatively simple, right? They're 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 really about transferring of an asset from one party to another, right? And um, you know when you start talking about the kind of terms you have in media contracts, they're very complex in comparison. So. So I think it's important to like, you know, as an industry, I think where we can use it today is very much in the supply chain and that's fine. And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of the traction. I think, mean, Donnie, I mean, you obviously get a lot of exposure to this through, you know, through your, 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 through your activity in the industry, where I think we can really see the benefits in the five to 10 year is, is in, the, in the front end of the process, which is what we're, you know, support, what we're looking to support long term as a company. Yes, a lot of the companies are focusing on supply chain transparency, and that is to remove fraud and understand middleman. But on the NIAC side, I think of your company as like, you know, the upfront media. So I'm an advertiser. I want to buy some, you know, Disney inventory, and I'm going to buy it for 2021, but I'm going to make that purchase now. And it reminds me a lot of uh, like an options contract. And it makes sense that you're using the the NASDAQ uh, technology to do that. So what, what I would love to understand just a little bit better is which elements of that is um, like why NASDAQ technology, why the smart contracts and why the distributed ledger, if you could almost like compartmentalize it like that. Yeah. So I think, you know, we partner with NASDAQ for a number of reasons. One, one is that they, they represent a kind of best in class in, in technology. They, they were looking to extend their capabilities in offering their Nasdaq financial framework to other to other industries. So we, when we partner with them, it was a very collaborative effort to launch, like I said, in the cloud and to launch on their their first implementation of blockchain. You know, we brought a lot of the cloud experience from the media and advertising world to them to help them modularize Nasdaq financial framework. So it's very much a partnership, and um, you know, there's an element of taking a lot of the same principles that exist in the capital markets and being able to apply them immediately to our to the exchange. So if there was to be regulation or if there was to be some kind of um, surveillance that was needed or anything that typically the capital markets would need. And this, fr- frankly, it was, it was, um, it was a, a very important relationship for us because, uh, you know, our, because we had, um, you know, some, some adjustments in mind to their platform that can actually be, uh, used in other markets too, not just media and advertising. I'll put that to one side because it's not really relevant for me, for media. So as far as smart contracts are concerned, I think it's very obvious to us that, um, that smart contracts can be used to automate a workflow. And that, like, if you look at the media and advertising world, we've had, focused heavily on automating the delivery of an ad rather than automating the people process of an ad. Right. And that I think is, is why we, why we, we, we spend a lot of time, um, thinking about how we translate what we've got in our exchange into, um, into an automation process. And then, you know, I think the, the wire market, I think is really, really actually very important. You know, in order to, to bring all these things together, you bring, bringing money to, you know, buy, from buyers to sellers in a, in a, you know, market is is proven over over time to be the best way to 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 start any industry. Once you get liquidity in that market and you get participation, it just it, the efficiencies that you've seen in every market that's created uh, uh, some kind of exchange based on those things just it just makes sense, right? And uh, you know, um, 
so I, I, you know, as far as, um, you know, we focused on media upfronts because um, the, you know, frankly, the world has already been saturated with uh, with the real time, the kind of spot market stuff, and and there was no real solid solutions out there for for the other fifty percent of the market, which is still transacted via IOs or directly. So, you know, for those who don't, maybe don't understand the, the whole advertising sizing space, you know, there's the there's the advertisers and there's the publishers, there's the demand side platforms and the supply side platforms and the advertising. You know, it has this sometimes it has this long trail of of, of different third party people that it has to connect yeah. through before it finally gets through. Like if you use like a live ramp or something, you can here's your advertising that's going through and connecting to the different publishers. Like, like, what side of of the business primarily does uh, does Nyx uh, relate to? Because it sounds like it's doing a little bit of both. Yeah, so it's a, actually it's a it's a it's a dual sided market, right? So uh, buyers can list uh, their intention to buy. Um, you know, we call that an order request, and then and sellers can can list their inventory to sell. Um, you know, we 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 started in a digital first way um we support mobile video we are extending the platform constantly for different other markets because we're a contracts exchange it's actually very easy for us to um to uh, to add kind of attributes that you can trade on um so you know we are not part of that delivery supply chain that you just described travis so you were talking about their dsps and ssps which are really mm-hmm. technology which deliver the ad right we interface with those platforms. what we're doing is allowing buyer and seller so agency on behalf of an advertiser and a publisher who's a seller to trade directly on the counterparty on the on the exchange right and that's that provides transparency and the ledger that we have allows the people that have traded on that particular deal to see um, exactly what's happened down the full chain of custody right from the point it might be less expensive it sounds like because you're eliminating a lot of middlemen yeah, and I think we, to some extent, we are right. To some, to some extent, we're also providing a new capability that didn't exist before because there's not really an exchange for the forward market piece today. Mm-hmm. There's very much a manual process. So, and we've we provided hooks to interface with the folks that are delivering because, frankly, we believe that both a forward market and a spot market will exist together in advertising. So, um, it's not you know while there'll be obviously some transition i think you know we still we play nice with with the current players because the reality is that the the, the dollars the buyers are really dictating where they want to buy so we you know we didn't want to we didn't necessarily want to kind of limit our scope of 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 uh of offering this service and, and richard you do a lot of work with the uh the iab as well which if you don't know it's the interactive advertising bureau to the people um listening and that's like the body that sets a lot of the terms and conditions for industry. Uh, they also years ago um, basically got everybody on the same size unit. So there used to be thousands of different sizes of creatives out there. And they said, you know what, why don't we solid- like, you know, simplify this and have a 300 by 250 and you know, leaderboards and et cetera. So if, share with us how kind of NIAX works with the IB or like what you're doing with the IEB to kind of get everybody on the same page. Maybe is it, is it blockchain standards? Yeah. So we've done quite a lot. So I've been co-chair for the group alongside a gentleman by the name of Michael Palmer, who's uh, over at Group M. He runs in a, uh, he's, uh, he's in the tech uh, assessment side over there. So we've done a number of things. We've done a lot of education, making sure that we're using a similar language, making sure that we're sharing knowledge amongst the industry Making sure we're de- defining the difference, for instance, between you know uh, crypt- 
uh, cryptocurrencies as an example and the actual underlying technology components of, uh, of, the, of this ecosystem. We've done a number of events. Um, we have done a few primers um, and we have worked on a few pilot programs where we've brought some companies who have technology to the table and, and run a program where our, where our um, participants can um, join and become part of the pilot and to see some results. We've uh, we've done a wiki and a bunch of so over the last two years we've done a lot of basically education, making sure that we're working to a point where we understand where the applications really you know really will land because in the early days there was a lot of uh, speculation about where where the technology could be used. And you know, so this year, so the end of this year, beginning of next, we're kind of the the group, the blockchain working group, which is about three hundred people, is focusing in on, and I think the IB more in general is focusing in on uh, on identity as a, as it was obviously one of the biggest challenges that the industry is facing at the moment, uh, which is a multifaceted problem. But that's you know the, the the last last couple of things we've launched is we have is something called Privacy Chain, which tracks the chain of custody custody of a, of, of a data signal. Um, we also worked on a, um, a supply chain transparency primer, which defines a little bit how we might interface with the current ecosystem using blockchains. So a lot of work going on there. That's you know, I, I co-chair that group. It's a, you know, it's kind of a relatively voluntary thing, right? But obviously, it's a little large part of what I do. Um, so yeah, that's 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 um, actually, you know, we we NIAX contributes a lot to that because we we you know because we've had a lot of experience of working different with different technologies. Um, particularly around the privacy chain part, we've been active on that more recently. I want to unravel this thing you just mentioned about privacy chain, and let's talk a little bit about that because you know you see on your website, you know, you guys are uh, you, you state with the upfront marketplace that you have that this is the only true two-party exchange where both the buyer and the seller are known to each other, which creates a lot of transparency, right, in a lot of different ways in negotiations of terms. Now, and you also over here, you're able to privately. Uh, you know, send order requests to specific publishers and post public requests to the entire marketplace for different discovery type of tools. How does that maybe work? And what is the what is the privacy chain uh, feature that, uh, that that's there? So there's, there's currently two separate things. The first, the first thing, um, the privacy chain is more of a pilot program that we've been participating inside the IAB. Actually, privacy chain was was something that was uh, contributed to the IAB from um, from some work that the R&D teams in LiveRamp did. Oh, um, nice. So sort of an industry, the privacy chain will be more of an industry standard right. type of thing. Oh, nice. That's right. And it's, you know, it's very, very early. It's still a prototype phase. I mean, we have a we have a working prototype that's across multiple nodes and is being contributed to by different members, uh, like, you know, um, uh, various folks from different companies uh, in, the, in the group. But back, if, you, if you come back to the question about us, you know, the, the kind of counterparty part of, of NIAX, so we very much took the financial concept of trading an asset between two parties from NASDAQ, right, and brought that to media. Right? Today, the, the only real kind of exchange concepts that exist inside advertising are really auction houses that are essentially representing media on behalf of either a buyer or seller. And what we tried to do was bring the buyer and the seller to be the principal parties and trading on our exchange, right? So we don't represent media in, in any way. And so that's what, when you were, when you were kind of reading from our website there, that's the, that's that, that gives that transparency, right? Because there's not a, 
the intermediary is us and we're providing you full transparency into the mm-hmm. into the I've through the blockchain but also just on the exchange in general which is not necessarily always the case you uh we talked about you know your uh, work with IEB and a lot of its um education if I had to like oversimplify it and I really think that they're like anyone who's in ad tech on the vendor side like this is a new technology that helps us do things that we just couldn't do before around data sovereignty, around transparency, all these things that we're talking about now. But my question really is for the advertiser, for the marketer, how important do you think it is for them to understand what we're talking about today about blockchain, distributed ledger, smart contracts, privacy chain, everything like that? Well, I mean, so so I think it, it's it's a to- it's still a technology. So I, so I think a lot of the use cases in advertising are never going to be B two B. So I think the, the market doesn't necessarily need to understand whether it's blockchain or not. I think the you know some some there are some segments of the community which lean in very heavily, particularly on um, not not necessarily particularly on the marketer side, but there are some parts of the marketer side that do lean in and want to try new technologies, right? Um, but I think what's my, what's probably more important is that we're really solving the industry problems. And if the tool happens to be, you know, good for the purpose, then I think we should, should continue. So I, my 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 feeling is that, um, you know, we shouldn't necessarily talk about um, blockchain as a kind of as an individual word. We should be talking about the, the, the parts of blockchain that are valuable, right? So it's quite clear that you know the cryptography part and and and, and the fact that you're using public private keys and you you have a, a secure way of verifying the participants inside an ecosystem is absolutely critical for media and advertising because that was missing from day one, right? And that problem exists elsewhere. It's not just media and advertising. It's anywhere where you need to know that it's not you're not being spooked in some way or there's not some fraudulent fraudulent activity happening. Right. Um, so they should care about it because of that, right? Not because it's blockchain. Well, um, I think there are a number of other areas of, of blockchain tech which I think are very interesting you know, just being more efficient in a supply chain rather than having all these hops, having a more direct connection with a with a with a counterparty, with a peer, is absolutely critical, right? Like you said, Travis, there's this, you know, the, 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 with the various different actors in the ecosystem having so many hops, is just errors can happen, mm-hmm. leakage of fees, data leakage. It's just why not have it direct? It just double dipping, triple dipping, right. you know, commission fees and. And waste all throughout that whole ecosystem in a lot of ways. Hey, let me ask you. So we're we're, in De- we're we're recording this right now in early December, and you know I run an agency where we help a lot of different companies manage their ads. You know, they're paid and search and social stuff. And one thing that we find is like near the end of the year is that a lot of clients, a lot of customers, maybe have some surplus budget. Right? They're like, okay, well, I got to spend this by the end of the year, or it's gone. I I'm I've wasted it. And so sometimes like at this time of the year, we'll reach out and we'll connect with them and then we'll get some projects going that they prepay at the end of the year. Now, it would sound to me like from now that I understand NIAX is that if I had some surplus budget, it would make sense to go to NIAX and spend that maybe on some future advertising contracts that I might use that or I might not use that I could potentially sell at a, at a profit down the road, yeah, right. That's you got it. You got it right, and that's I, I think you know there's different models you can run across a forward market, right? There's different models you can run across an exchange, which is based on contracts. What 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 we really and in fact we're we're discovering various different ways to list inventory as a publisher, various different ways to request inventory as a buyer on the platform as we roll out with our early partners on the on the on the platform. 
Um, but, you know, this time of year is interesting. Obviously, Q1, anytime there's an upfront, anytime there's a kind of big event that happens in terms of like sporting event or maybe some kind of movie event, there's there's a reason, you know, you see you, you, today you have people conversing over the phone, using emails and so on and so forth on the exchange. You can bring it on the market and you can offer it to more people because it's an exchange and you have one to many relationships. You know, you build efficiencies and accuracy into doing this for a technology rather than on the phone. Um, so, yeah, that, you're absolutely right. Q, you know, Q4 is a good time. Q1 is a good time. And any time where there's a big event, there's very much a, a need to trade media in advance. Then, you know, and what happens in our industry is, you you know, you well, what's happened so far is you've only had the ability to trade at the last minute, right? So there's been this tendency to kind of prices to end up going down because, it's kind of the last minute. It's going to expire, right? In a forward market, you can you can actually start to price, you know, price in a way which, um, as a seller, you can start to price in a smart way and say, look, if you buy in advance from me, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you some special preferential rates. Or if you, you know, if you, you know, so there's a lot of different economic uh, economics that can be run across an exchange like this, which we're seeing. Uh, and there's a secondary market where if I have a bunch of like, as Donnie mentioned, oh, I bought some Disney advertising oh but now i don't want i don't need to use that i can then take that and then resell it that's right so that's the 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 that's the long-term goal of of nice one of the another reasons to kind of go back to donnie's question about why not nasdaq it's one of the other reasons to um to do this on a, on a forward market because once you've established the rules of which someone's willing to sell the media for Right, you can say the publisher can say, "Look, I'm willing to resell this to multiple parties downstream as long as there are these stipulations. Like, I don't want these types of advertisers, or I don't want these. You can we can manage all that on the platform, and you can create a secondary, essentially a secondary market for that, where the first buyer can sell it to another, and sell it to another buyer. Of course, under the rules of a publisher, that you know, that's something we we you know, we very much um, see see coming." Um, and there's versions of that that already exist that we're that we're that we're ready to support. To the to the people that say, um, you know, I heard a lot about blockchain and advertising in 2018, um, kind of lesson in 2019. What are the key indicators that says that this is successful? That this was kind of omnipresent? That everyone's using this technology? And, and, and like a footnote, I think is like. If we're not talking about blockchain, maybe that's one of the reasons like it has succeeded because it's just everywhere. We don't talk about like TCPIP anymore. It's just like right. or whatever. It's just it's just there. So, what are the indicators, or what what will it take for this to be kind of omnipresent? Omnipresent is a good one. I mean, I think I think I, I, I take the question slightly different because I'm not sure that it, I think the 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 omnipresent piece is you know it's it's how long is a piece of string. I think you know there there are some very clear places where this even today where this technology can succeed and I think will help and, and provide value above, over and above any any other technology. And I think we've 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 talked on uh, we've touched on it already a couple of times, which is in the supply chain. Right. Having a having a, 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 a distributed version of the ledger of activity that happens in media and advertising is absolutely critical for us. It's it's caused problems across the board in not having miscounting and you know reconciliation processes and just you know fraud and everything. So I think that 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 it will become omnipresent in that in the sense that I think it can help. Absolutely, it's very clear it can help, and very clear that it's a better solution, right? Technology solution for that for that problem. I think that, that you know I, I believe we still haven't quite got to the 
you know, the B2C version of what this looks like yet. I don't think there's any clear consensus, if forgive my use of the word, um, yet on wh- whether the B2C ver- um, vertical in, in, sorry, B2C version of this uh, use of this technology in media and advertising, uh, what exactly it will look like. It's very, I, th- I think your point about it being needing to be behind the scenes, I think is absolutely spot on. I don't think anybody should really be talking about whether we're using a blockchain or not. I think what we try and do inside the IAB working group is not talk about blockchain, is talk about the subcomponents of blockchain. So it's the distributed nature of the ledger, it's the ledger itself, it's the consensus mechanisms, it's the cryptography, it's the, you know, those are the things that will be used. And in what combination and for uh, is, is really the, the question. And so, and to, to solve what problem, which is the most important part, because we focus too much, I think, in the early stages of this conversation about, not in our conversation, but in the early stages of blockchain and media on the words blockchain rather than on the problems we're solving for. Well, yeah, well, so as we as we get close to the end of this thing, let's let's say I am a CMO and I'm at a big company and I'm curious about how this blockchain thing can impact my business and why I might work with NIAX, maybe give me, give me the, give me the lowdown. So the CMOs out there that are curious about blockchain, what is the big win for them by utilizing your solution? So I think that the key is that it's a, it's a, it's a very obvious and friendly way to engage with, with testing a, a blockchain enabled stack because it's not focused necessarily on blockchain It's focused on allowing you to trade in a more efficient way, allowing you to get access to, to media uh, at scale, and it's, a, it's a, basically enabling you to buy media that you're doing already um, in an upfront way, where you can where you can cut you know deals directly with with counterparties you could know, trust, and understand what happens downstream of that trade, rather than just trade, hope that you get essentially the delivery, and not really know what happens downstream reconciliation until kind of after it's all happened. We we basically enable you to see that right away through the chain of custody and that that's i think what marketers have been asking for for as a kind of table stakes thing for a number of years and we had the the, the benefit of being able to build it in from day one you put the blockchain to one side i think it's really you're doing business with a company that allows you to to see the full chain of custody of, of what's happening with your media dollar cool and so I guess in closing, you know, how would somebody, um, you know, get a future contract going with NIAX and, and how do they, you know, get in touch with you as well? Oh, you can you can get in contact with NIAX, you know, at sales at NIAX.com. You can come to our website, which is NIAX.com. We're across social media. You can get in contact with me um, uh, directly, I, um, Richard at NIAX.com. And um, you can, yeah, I think that's probably the best way. I think... Uh, we, we, if you want to participate in the, the working groups as well, it's an interesting way to engage with this topic inside media and advertising. That is great. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Bus, president of NIAX. Thanks for coming on the Blockchain CMO, my good sir. Thank you very much. It's been awesome. Have Thank a good you. rest of your day. Me too. Thank you, Mr. Devoren and Mr. Travis Wright for that Blockchain CMO interview. And very soonly, the Blockchain CMO will be its own podcast. That's uh, that's the last official segment that's going to be on Bad Crypto, but Bad Crypto's given birth to a bouncing baby blockchain CMO show. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> Thank you. That was really nice. Don't cry, we're, little we're, blockchain. We're, we're, we're ending off in a whipper.
we'll let you guys know when that show is live and has its own website. Mm -hmm. But uh, Travis and Donnie have a lot of people in the uh, blockchain marketing space lined up, and I would you'll want to subscribe to the show when it's available. Oh, shows though. That is true. I'm still, you know what? I'm almost still speechless, man. It's like I just, I just have this blissfulness. She's won the Super Bowl. Ah, like it's just, it's just not a nice contentment. Like I, do you need a cigarette now or something? You know what? I think so. I had a Chiefs gasm, a Super Bowl gasm. How about a Moby gasm? Oh, I love those. MobyPay.io, the future of money. Payments are going mobile, right? Mm -hmm. This is why the MobyPay ecosystem has three core applications that let users spend or send money and digital currencies worldwide from their mobile phone in seconds, even without a bank account, gang. Check it out today. Get $10 in free MBX tokens for participating in their beta, MobyPay. Io MobyPay.io, not applicable in all states and not available where it's available. And not for everybody that's got deep voices. <laughs> now back to you, Batman. <laughs> what, what do we need? To, we, need, we need to tell people about the EOS voice news now. It's not available where it's not available. Voice is coming soon. <laughs> it's on its way. You've got a really great voice over there. Use your voice. Gotta be ready for it. You know, Batman probably has to he probably has stock in Ricola. You know, all the cough drops he must need. I'm I'm actually Batman. I am I'm the basic the basic attention token. Right. Yeah. So there is some news from the EOS voice world. Of course, EOS Voice is the social platform that is coming from the Block One team. Travis and I started a podcast last year called EOS Voice News. In fact, if you go to the Google machine or the Duck Duck Goes or the Bings and you type EOS Voice, we probably come up first or second. And if you haven't heard the show yet, it only we only release episodes when there's something to say. And the Block One team definitely had some news last week and so episode number four is out we encourage you to go to eosvoice.news and subscribe to that show to get the latest you're not going to want to miss voice.com when that platform launches and we are going to keep you guys on top of it because yeah, you don't want to be on the bottom of true it. especially if you're in marketing right so if you are listening to blockchain cml you've made it this far there's the reason we do the eos voice news is because we see that it has potential to be very disruptive. It could be, you know, if you folks are going to be able to get paid to view content, then the advertisers are going to be able. There's a nice little ecosystem that could reward the end user instead of always rewarding the big advertiser and the big publisher and all this this whole, you know, Madison Avenue Street that's that's slowly being disrupted. So very cool. Screw, screw those guys. Yeah, I don't, I, don't have any, I, don't, I don't have any allegiance to them over there on Madison Avenue. Nope, we're here to disrupt. I don't need and your Madison. I don't need your Time magazine. Hopefully, a bunch of you got the opportunity to listen to our last episode, number 364, with Peter McCormick of what Bitcoin did. Because if you did listen, you would have discovered that the Bad Crypto Podcast has released our first proof of listening collectible nft and you're like what what are you talking about well if you don't know you better go listen to badco.in forward slash 364 because by the time this episode drops you'll only have a few hours left to get that <laughs> nft uh and you're gonna want it you don't know when we're gonna release the next one but we've got them scheduled out and we can tell you that within the week there will be another collectible bad crypto oh. nft 
Pretty cool. You know what? You know, we we are what's called, uh, you know, it's like you don't eat your own dog food. You got to eat your own dog food. You're creating stuff and people out here doing stuff. They call it dog fooding. So we are out here trying and testing out new technologies. We are, you know, braving the future and testing it out and seeing what kind of use cases can be utilized for some of this stuff. And we're finding a lot of really cool use cases for blockchain technology every day. I mean, every time you tune into the show, normally we're sharing with you some new different type of thing that's being used on blockchain. That's cool. People like to know this stuff. And so we appreciate you guys and we like putting out content for you. So if you do on one of our seven different podcast shows we have, now, <laughs> leave a review, leave a, a leave a rating or something. Be, be grateful for the content because that's all it costs is gratitude. Oh, and it's so easy, so easy to give. And I was going to tell you guys about my other show, but you know what? We've told you about enough this episode. Save it for a future one. We'll catch you guys then until that time happens, occurs in the space-time continuum in the universe of all the things. Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.